you so much. Welcome to another episode of The Long Shot, not the basketball podcast presented by Duncan Robinson of the Miami Heat, but the long-running day-to-day adventures of a motley crew of real-life normal people. Uh, I am one of your hosts. My name is Sean Connery. With me today on the show, as always, Amber Kenny is here. Hello. Um, it's Memorial Day weekend, and as always, I am doing basically nothing. Like I don't, I don't, you know, I have no holiday. Do you have holiday plans? None. Why? Why it's not? also like gloomy. I don't yes. know. I, I actually had this conversation with Jeff yesterday. I don't know mm-hmm. if this is like too vulnerable, but I was like, do we, are we bad friends? Like, are we not good at maintaining relationships? Right. But I don't know. He he made the point. He's like, if we had a yard, we would be the ones throwing the barbecue. Like, I think we just don't, nobody has the means to have places to have festivities i don't i have a i have a pool and two giant uh barbecue uh uh, contraptions what do you call them (laughs) barbecues Uh, barbecues. (laughs) have you seen my barbecue contraption (laughs) it works great for cooking all sorts of things yeah Uh, i don't i don't know i don't know if it's age or what because it it mm -hmm. felt like before there'd always be like oh should we go to this memorial day party or this memorial day party and i'm like but i'm also not on social media a lot so maybe that's also where a lot of it i don't know maybe i'm just a loser maybe maybe (laughs) i am too i don't know i don't know if you're a loser though do you know that you're a loser like wouldn't you just not know like that's what i'm saying like Maybe I'm a loser, I just don't know. Because I don't think I'm a loser, but maybe I am. Well, what's the definition of a loser? <laughs> this is it. <laughs> um, It's also really, like, gloomy and gray. It doesn't feel like, you know, like bikinis out barbecue. I, I, I don't agree. I am wearing, I mean, you can't see <laughs> below my waist, but I am wearing bikini right now. Okay, great. Um, but... Yeah, the weather in LA has been bizarre. Yeah. And I'm scared though because everyone is um like, oh, when's it gonna get hot? When's it gonna get hot? And I'm afraid that we are jinxing ourselves within an inch of our life and it will right. be instantly 175 degrees outside. You know? LA is gonna become Palm Springs. <laughs> yeah. I agree. I feel like there's not I mean, maybe this is why I'm a loser, but I just feel like nothing is ever <laughs> not a loser. right ever. <laughs> Uh, Okay, so we always like to start the show with a segment that we call Comments we received on our YouTube videos that can be found on Sean Conroy Gets Happier, which is our video channel Um, So we did get a bunch this week, we did Uh, uh, We had a new episode up, and as we do every week (laughs) be clear on that you said that as the like, notable week we released an episode <laughs> unlike next week which hasn't come yet we released an mm-hmm. episode last week uh but next week we will we just haven't gotten there yeah. yet anyway people had a lot to say about this week's episode uh Let's hear 
Okay. How to fold soup two, who I think commented last week as well, because we were thinking about uh, how unfortunate it must be to try to get the name how to fold soup and realize somebody already. Yeah. You have to be the second one. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's his father. Right. Maybe it's like a legacy name situation. But then wouldn't it be how to fold soup junior? Yeah. Unless his son is how to fold soup. The third. Although I think. (laughs) I don't. And how do you fold soup? I think that is such a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, we had we had a chore list on the fridge when I was a kid, and one of the chores was uh, folding the laundry. But there was never a listing for folding the soup. Right. So I never. You didn't learn that. I never learned that skill. Anyway, here is what How to Fold Soup Two had to say. I have never been so excited to watch an episode. Uh. Hope it lived out. <laughs> Sorry, that, that it did. Yeah, <laughs> two losers, right? Over also, <laughs> also, well, yes, but also, I have never been so excited to watch an episode. Doesn't necessarily mean, yeah, it, it might, it might be a very small spectrum. But I think that was because the episode was called "Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar," and uh, that was the old uh, radio program. We're still talking about it. Mm-hmm. We can't get enough of those old radio programs. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow. The shadow knows. Uh, I should have been hereafter. Uh, Okay. This one is from... (laughs) This one is from uh, Dreamy Time Films Maui, our friend Frank in Hawaii. He says, I know Sean doesn't follow Joe on Twitter, correct? But I do and have it's surmised weird. what? It's weird that you don't, and it's weird that he knows that. It's just everything's what, weird. What is crazy about this, and I was thinking about this as I was like copying these, uh, the specificity with which we know our audience and our audience knows us. Uh-huh. Like Frank, we know this is Frank. Mm-hmm. He knows that I don't follow Joe on Twitter. He knows <laughs> Joe's on Twitter. He follows Joe. It's going to go on over the course of the next several. Uh, have surmised that for the past couple of years, he has been living with his mother and aunt in Arizona, caretaking them by taking them to appointments making them yummy soup and being an upstanding son and nephew. Uh Now, who knows whether Joe is really that upstanding because a really upstanding son slash nephew would be able to fold the young (laughs) The last time Joe was on the pod was when I was on the pod for my 48th birthday in 2021. Either my appearance on the pod convinced him to stop, or he felt like he reached the highest pinnacle of Mm. the pod and nothing could top it. I'm sure it's difficult for him to have private time to be vulgar and loud on Zoom with his family so close. Also, it is probably hard for him to not be in L.A. anymore doing Mm. his dream while caretaking elderly family members 
which to me is a noble and selfless act, but might make him feel a certain way. Hmm. I know he misses L.A. because he reposts old photos of his late night, early morning downtown walks. Let's give Joe some love. Also, Jamie never seemed like he really wanted to be on the pod and quit once. So I'm not surprised that he found something else to focus on. No shade to Jamie. I am very proud of him, even though he hasn't conducted an orchestra yet. But I think the podcast is wonderful as it is. Love you, Sean and Amber. Aloha, Nui Loa. I'm sure I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. So, love to Joe. Love to Joe. No shade to Jamie. No shade to Jamie. He did quit once. How long did that last? That lasted like one episode, right? I don't remember. Or not even one. I think he was yeah. he quit and then he was back the following episode. <laughs> uh, he has not conducted an orchestra yet, nor I would point out, is Jamie the new Mel Brooks. Right. That's yeah. Not yet. No, time time is on our his side. Um there was something I was gonna respond to in that. But I don't remember. Joe being vulgar and loud in his private oh, time. That's that's exactly what I was going to respond uh, to. How it. did you How did you know? Did I, I know how your up? brain works? Yeah. Um, that he doesn't have to be vulgar and loud on the podcast. Absolutely not. In fact, we always sort of encouraged him. Otherwise, yeah. I feel like we were always horrified. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's there's moments it's appropriate to be vulgar. I don't know about loud, but there's moments it's appropriate to be vulgar, but. It doesn't have to be a lifestyle, you know? Right. If it becomes a lifestyle, it loses some of its comedic underpinnings, Mm. I think, is how I would explain it to future generations. Gorgeous. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) But that was a lovely comment. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Frank. Uh, This next one is from user PJPC, four-year Frederick Street you. Um, excuse me? I don't know. It's a long, uh, it's a bunch of like letters and numbers and whatever. Oh, nonsense. Oh, I know who this is from. This is from our friend Cassine, who again, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but so much anticipation and fingers crossed hoping I'd hear my comment. This is my first time waiting for the new episode to come out and I have been waiting all week. Remember, she's the one who just yeah. Caught up after listening to it. For and she would listen to us all night, like baking and stuff. Mm-hmm. In the night kitchen. Remember that book? It's been exhilarating. What's been exhilarating? <laughs> waiting. Waiting. Always? Waiting. I think. Mm-hmm. It is. Waiting is always. <laughs> Not always. It, but it can't be. Uh, I believe the waiting is the hardest part, right? Mm. Normally, I'd be on to the next episode, but now. I have to wait patiently like we used to in the good old days before streaming sites were so readily available. Sean read my comment exactly the way I intended it to be, despite my lack of proper punctuation, i.e. perfect inflections. That's what he does. And, oh, yes, Joe and Cobra Kai, of course. That makes sense now. Yeah, it was Joe who was the... Cobra Kai fan. Sad that Joe is no longer here, 
but I'm sure he'll reach out when he feels like he can. I also miss Jamie. Boy, Joe and Jamie getting a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of love in this week's uh, 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 YouTube comments, which you can find on our YouTube channel. Uh, Sean Conroy gets happier. When I talked about the podcast to my boyfriend, I'd refer to Jamie as guy who cannot tell stories well. But I loved it when it was Jamie's checking in because it's interesting to see what he emphasized on. The way he'd try to get out of being in the spotlight is my spirit animal. Funny enough that he opened the Dynasty Typewriter, a place that provides people the spotlight to shine. Ironically amazing. I would I would disagree with this slightly. I feel like Jamie was not shy about being in the spotlight. He was just not sometimes cut out for it. Oh my god. I yeah, he provided the best. Well, now I have to watch what I say cuz I feel like whatever. But he provided the best fodder. He just doesn't have a chance to get in private spaces and be vulgar and loud because we i think some of the hardest times we've laughed and the longest stories we've told are jamie stories because it's us like digging in yeah trying to figure out what he means the and what was really like. about. yeah <laughs> because he chooses the most obtuse ways to well, even I think the last time he was on the podcast, he was just like, "Yeah, I did drugs with some strangers," and we were like, "Okay." Oh, right, where he went into somebody's to... <laughs> start from the beginning. He, he like went into—I <laughs> don't know if I'm remembering this correctly, but I believe he went into somebody's backyard with a bunch of people he didn't know, and they all took ecstasy and gave each other hand jobs. Am I right about that? <laughs> I, I don't know about the last two details, mm -hmm. but it was like some sort of spiritual right. ritual with strangers. Spiritual hand jobs. Um, yes, I did come to the podcast recently-ish. I started trying out podcasts when COVID started, and I wanted something to listen to while I did home exercises, although I can't get into any other podcast the way I do with Low Show Po. Mm -hmm. That's, yeah. I feel like that's a fucking awesome thing to say. Uh, right. Funny enough, I'd be laughing so hard that I wouldn't be able to do the exercises correctly. Uh, just don't strain anything. Yeah, don't sue us. It was, really, <laughs> it was really interesting hearing the thoughts you guys have on the p pandemic. Of course, by the, by the time I got to that point in the podcast, we were sort of out of the height of the pandemic. If you believe that's true, even have, are, are we now? Yeah, exactly. And I really appreciated how careful you guys were about it. We were not in denial about the pandemic. Listening to the struggles during that time made me feel very thankful that we've survived for the most bit and are emerging towards the light at the end of the tunnel. Call back to when Sean used to introduce Amber. I thought it was so sweet. My favorite was figuring out which F word Sean was going to use in replacement of Jamie's last name. Uh, life is a little different now, but we can only make the best of it all. I'll be baking a cake this weekend, and I'll be sure to tag you guys in it. Oh, yeah. 
She's gonna tag us in her cake. I I'm guessing on Instagram. Oh, I see, I see. But for now, I quickly drew up a little sketch on my iPad while I was watching this episode on YouTube. I'll tag you guys in my art Instagram. Hope you enjoyed. Did you see that post, by the way? I did not. I apparently you don't follow my Instagram or look at my Instagram <laughs> stories. Because... I don't. I, I try not to look at it at all. Okay. Well, <laughs> at anyone, it's think, so personal. Yeah. yeah well, it, it feels a little personal. I mean, you know. I think some people take, you know, saying anybody like puts everybody in the same category. And I feel like my, my Instagram stories. Oh, I should log in just to watch your stories is what you're saying. I'm not saying yes, but I'm also not saying no. Okay. So is it worth it? Like what, what are we bringing to the table? She drew a great sketch (laughs) of the two of us. Oh, I got to you can tell it's us because you are wearing a shirt that says Amber and I'm wearing a shirt that says Sean. <laughs> it's actually very good likenesses of both of us, uh, particularly of you. Oh, I got to check it out. And of me. Um, <laughs> P.S. On my. Sorry. P.S. From my last episode, from last episode, totally okay that you don't remember my Instagram message, Amber. Well, we just heard about how Amber pays no attention to Instagram, so I'm not surprised. You know how she just consciously ignores anybody who reaches out on Instagram. It was a shot in the dark. Edit. I should have said it was a long shot when I sent it, and I screamed <laughs> when you heart reacted to it. Thank you again for the midweek delight. This is really, this is really interesting to me (laughs) because I mentioned my Instagram stories Uh and you said, oh, I don't look at them. And yet (laughs) this person (laughs) sent a message and you heart reacted to it on Instagram. I... But I think that That's was like a my case, Your Honor. I will respond <clears throat> eventually, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not yeah. looking at stories very often. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Okay, let me see if I could find this. Mm-hmm. I'm looking now. Okay. Perfect time. Yeah. No. 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 That's what we want. We have people listen to the show so they can hear you do Google research. <laughs> Where would I find it? I don't see it anywhere. <laughs> I don't. Know. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know if I was tired. Can you can you look this up for real? Okay. Because the next message is from Captain US. And this is where I say, this is how weird it is that we know who everybody is. Like, I believe that Captain US is a guy named John Thomas. Like, I think I know that. On the subject of insurance adjuster come it, detective. It <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I believe Sam Neill played just such a part in the 1994 film In the Mouth of Madness. Can you look up In the Mouth of Madness and see if that is Sam Neill? (sighs) And then can you also just convert 60 kilos into pounds? Okay. Uh, Uh, Okay. What does it say? In the Mouth of Madness, 1994. Is it a zombie movie? What what is it? It looks zombie-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam Neill confirmed. Does, does it? Well, he's in it, but does it say <laughs> that he's an insurance adjuster playing it? Who's okay. a detective? 
Yes, an insurance investigator begins discovering that the impact a horror writer's books have on the fans is more than inspirational. Oh, scary. Uh, okay, the next one is from Al Burns 370. Again, weird. I know that that is actually a person named Al Burns. Uh, <laughs> Sean, he's quoting now. Sean says, the reason it's called Pen 15 is because that's a way to write penis without actually writing penis. Why were they not just writing penis? His response, here's what you do. You find a kid who seems lonely and you ask them if they want to be part of the Pen 15 club. When they say yes, you say you can join, but as your initiation, I have to write pen 15 on your forehead. So that's the joke of that is that's that right. it makes kids who are lonely feel <laughs> even worse about themselves. Funny. And that is a slippery slope, Al Burns. Uh, okay. The ne- <laughs> Again, next one is Naughty by Nature Tree Keh. That's our friend Ziggy down in Texas. <laughs> you really know the fans. Yeah, I'm telling you. Uh, Eddie's Cats. Mm. Sherman. Was, I was right. I was right. Can I say this really quickly? Yeah. Because yeah. right. last episode you were talking about his dogs. And I was like, I don't think he had dogs. He had cats. Mm-hmm. And I was right. That's all. Okay. I. You just said I was right like 10 times. And I feel like. It's something you would do. <laughs> you're right you're right you're right you're right right. uh okay so he here's this is what he wrote eddie's cats sherman criswell hoju and sphincter if memory serves me correctly i don't Sphincter doesn't sound right. No. Uh, And then somebody responded, Jamie Kaplan 4029, which I believe is... (laughs) Jamie Kaplan. A a robot. uh, (laughs) Said Louie and Katie are in my head as well. Yes. Yes. Sherman, Criswell, Hoju, Louie, and Katie. Yes. Were the names of the dogs. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) The next one is from... (laughs) Next one is from Green Apple Cat, which is Scott down in Australia. <laughs> we have a Zoom. <laughs> I know. We should. We should have a cocktail party every week on Zoom. Uh, it says Ray Jet Engines. Remember there was that quote about that, that whole long thing about yes. Jet Engines. And we both were like, question mark? Yeah. This is what he wrote. You were absolutely correct that I copied and pasted from Wikipedia it had nothing to do with your episode. I wanted to see if you'd have any false memories about talking about jet engines. So that was a test. That was a test from Scott. It was a test, we I did. Think. We did. No, we absolutely did. And then he said, I mean, he's he's from Australia. So he says, as for the thing about New Zealand oh, yeah. and Australia, New Zealand is three inches underwater, <laughs> while Australia is only 2.7 inches. That's- I 69 millimeters, a source, the Australia, Australian and New Zealand underwater index report, 2022. I mid middle of the week, apropos of nothing. Mm -hmm. I, I had a flashback of 
talking about Australia and New Zealand, and I was like, am, "Like, am I going to get in trouble? Like, did I say horrible things? <laughs> like, do, <laughs> why do you hate Australia? Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're so God. You're prejudiced against Australia. So, Jeff and I have been watching a lot of like baking competition shows sure what else really cool really sexy and Mm -hmm. hot in this house at all times um and one of the challenges like twice in a row people were making pavlovas and so we were like what is a pavlo like on shows like that they just say it so casually and so we Mm -hmm. looked it up and it's it's like a ring-like meringue and it's named after the ballerina anna pavlova because she would spin i don't think so it it is <laughs> okay. Um. Anyway, I'm only bringing all of this up because it was invented in Australia, mm. and so Jeff and I are like, we want to get our hands on this pavlova. We want to know what they keep baking. Right. So he found an Australian themed restaurant in Los Angeles that serves pavlovas. We have not what? gone to it yet. Was it uh, Outback Steakhouse? <laughs> it was not. I made the same joke. <laughs> <laughs> we've got boomerangs on the walls <laughs> but um yeah i'll if we ever have a pavlova i'll let you know but i just thought it was interesting that it was an australian restaurant i don't know yeah well just so you know the pavlova was named after uh pavlov the the, dog? Behavior, the behavior <laughs> behavioral scientist who figured out that when you ring a bell dogs get hungry and so when you uh-huh. make a ring uh-huh. Uh, like a doorbell. Ring. Well, it makes people hungry, so <laughs> you call it a pavlova. People just have a natural hunger response. And then there's two more. There's two more comments here. Mr. Zaston says first, and Jamie Kaplan four zero two nine. The robot says, "You are just me on a different device." So I don't know. The robot is confused. Oh, they're talking to themselves. No, it's two different people. I think. Um, but one of them says first and the other one Ah. says, you're just me on a different device. Oh, maybe it is the same person. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Well, we'll have to wait till next week to find (laughs) out. There could be lots of twists and turns in this story. If it is the same person, well, they could lie about it and say that they're not the same person or they They could have two logins too. Right, but I'm saying they could also lie about it and say that they are the same person. Like they mm-hmm. could, there's no way to lose in this case for them. They can always defeat us. Wait, <laughs> walk me through that again. <laughs> I can't. I can't do it. How are we getting defeated? I can't explain it. <laughs> I just know it's true. Either way, they won those sons of bitches. God damn it. Uh, all right. Well, it's time for a segment on the show that we like to call Checking In. So why don't we start today with Amber? What's going on? Yes. Um, Jeff and I um, on Friday night went to the movies, which mm. is very exciting because we don't oh. do things like that very often. And uh, <clears throat> we saw the new Julia Louis-Dreyfus movie, You Hurt My Feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made me laugh because at work... I see so much research about like the state of cinema and, and consumer theater going habits. And 
<clears throat> basically Jeff and I are in the like point zero 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 one percent that goes to the theater to see uh like mid mid to low budget comedy like <laughs> everything else it's like they only go for horror movies they only go for superhero mu- movies right, and right. I, I just thought it was funny that we we like are booking all the research i saw um it really sucks because it means that nobody makes any good movies anymore except horror movies and superhero movies. I know. And those aren't my two favorite genres. So um, we went and, it, I mean, it was fun to go out. We went to a movie theater that we used to go to all the time, um, the Lemley in North Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, and but it is so strange out there and i know this is across the board probably in every industry about everything but especially movie theaters because there was just like a slight vibe of like there wasn't a bare light bulb swinging from the ceiling but that was the vibe like everything just felt a little off a little bit not updated mm-hmm. um we had to, ch- like, Jeff bought tickets ahead of time, and there was, like, a self-service, like, you scan your phone and the tickets get printed. Um, and I get it. They're trying to to save money on... Um, Fucking... Bottom line. Capitalism, blah, blah, blah. baby. Get yeah. rid of the workers. We don't need workers. But just, like, everything felt... Not updated. I don't know how to... Like, it just felt dingier or... I don't know if it was not updated. I mean, you're the one who was looking for a bear swinging light bulb. That's, uh, that's not updating. That's more like uh, atmospheric, you know? Yeah, but I like spooky. Mm-hmm. Um, and we saw the movie and it was good. We liked it. Were there other uh, people in the theater? It was packed, which <laughs> was was insane the other point um, zero like it was everyone yeah, in that demographic was there exactly well i think it was opening night of the movie so i think mm. we were like the diehard fans you were sitting next to julie louis dreyfus <laughs> I, I said i made that joke yeah. um Ugh, we, that's we my only... whole thing i just like to repeat jokes people have already made <laughs> but okay I they don't should know build how... the they should build the plane out of the out of the black box. <laughs> I don't know how to say this delicately, but it just is what it is. Mm-hmm. Jeff and I were among the youngest in the audience, and probably I don't I don't know I don't know what it was, but the audience was so annoying. To me. And I don't know why I, this is everything about the story is going to make me sound like such an asshole, but it is what it is. This is my checking in. This is what no, really that's happened. A, look, you think your other stories have made you sound like <laughs> not an awesome? asshole. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, so it's the movie is again, I have to reiterate. It is good because everything about my reaction is going to make me think I didn't think so, mm-hmm. but it is like a quiet, subtle, like family relationship comedy like it's very realism where they save the world or no no it's just about mm, relating boring. to each other somebody's but, uh, hiding in the closet to kill them no mm. but um ever in the audience like they wouldn't set up like the simplest joke and the audience was like <gasps> like they were losing 
fair. <laughs> Mine's in a way that I was like, are you okay? Right. <laughs> what is happening? I don't I it must have just been exactly hitting their sweet spot. But um I mean once you get to that small of a demographic, <laughs> right. you are in the right area for you to just fucking nail it every time somebody opens their mouth. You know? It was it was wild, but then also so everyone's like, I'm so into it, but then the row behind me, like the this isn't spoiling anything. This is mm-hmm. in the trailer. She is a writer, and she has like this really. She is a very supportive husband, but she accidentally overhears him saying how she how he really feels about. Right, I read a review of it that said that. See, not a spoiler. So I wish I had not read that review, and I wish I had not heard what you said. (laughs) But so the movie's going on, and we're like halfway into the movie. This story is making you look great, by the way. It's not even a story, but truly that is the plot. Mm-hmm. Like there's other. So her feelings are hurt because she overheard this guy who supposedly is so supportive. Her husband. I get that. I would feel the same way if my husband did that. I don't know what your objection is. I don't know why you're. It's not an objective. Why are you shooting holes in the story? It's an interesting story because it's like the argument of like white lies and supporting versus honesty and relationships. It's good. I'm saying this is the plot and it truly is the only plot. And about halfway through, I overheard someone behind me say, see, she heard her husband say those things like explaining to the person next to Mm -hmm. him what the fucking plot was when it is not a complicated (laughs) plot i'm like what's going on here buddies (laughs) so she overheard wait (laughs) go here's my phone here's the trailer watch the trailer while we're watching the movie so you can know what's going on in the movie um but it it was good and then we went to a 7 30 movie like not crazy late night when we got out it was like lights off like lock up behind you like tumbleweeds and i was like this i again i get it because they have to probably have shorter hours and fewer show times and Mm -hmm. all this stuff just so that they're not spending more money than they're making but it was i'm I'm not used to 9.30 being like, it looks like it was 2 o'clock in the morning. Right, right. No, I mean, it is a weird thing that happened, I think, post-pandemic, where there's just been this whole shift. In, I, I think we even talked about this on the podcast at one point, and I got an angry email from somebody that was talking about something, who knows. But I was complaining because I was trying to get a coffee at 5 o'clock mm-hmm. in the afternoon, and every coffee shop I went to was closed. Right. And I was like, I don't get it. Like, and there were every coffee shop I went to that was closed was filled with just a swinging light bulb and (laughs) just tumbleweeds everywhere. Just spooky, spooky. But yeah, I don't know. I, it made me really pensive on the drive home about our are we turning around? Are we coming back from this? Like um, the fact that it is so, there are so many big corporations and their goal is to always increase their profits, increase their profits and cut their bottom line, cut their bottom line that it's like, 
Um, I don't know if like there's a possibility of having just like good service anymore, unless you're talking yeah. like luxury, luxury, like right. craziness. And, and which I, you would need to be rich to afford, and yes. the rich people will get that because they will yes. have all the money so because they don't they're the billionaires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's it's interesting, and I I am not at all to your point and to the angry emailers point, I'm not at all blaming the theater or the people who work there. It's like, it's like a bigger systemic problem that than mm-hmm. that, like that people need to put food on their table and, you know, things have to get cut along the way. I don't, it's, it's, I think the about. email I got, I could be remembering this wrong because in my mind, uh, a lot of things I remember are wrong. Like I, I was at the Kennedy assassination. <laughs> Who did it? It was, was a guy. He was not on a grassy knoll. He was on a sandy hill. Oh, um, slip yeah. sliding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and his name was actually Sandy Hill. Um, but the email I got or whatever it was, who knows if it was like a tweet or whatever, but it, it was like, the workers don't want to be exploited anymore. Like that was the, and I agree. I think that's, but I, but I feel like we're saying two opposite things. In other words, capitalism is forcing these places to strip the workers out and not pay people to do their jobs anymore. Because I think that's what was happening over the pandemic was corporations were forced to deal with not having enough workers. So they made it more and more easy for themselves to make money off of that. But the opposite of that is let's not have workers doing work anymore. So let's close the the store, you know, let's close the coffee shop. So I, I don't, don't know. I, th- I think they came, they come from the same place. Well, I don't know about exploiting them, but I could see some pencil pusher saying, you know, we make the least amount of money between 430 and 545. So it would actually be cheaper if we just close the doors. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I do, but I feel like that's costing people jobs. That's not exploiting the workers. That's like saying well, we're not gonna let people work. It's exploiting them in the sense it's I guess maybe exploiting isn't the right word, but it is not allowing them to work right to no matter how you slice or dice it it's harder to earn a decent living it's unexploiting them de-exploiting them (laughs) i don't know i don't know a exploiting them i don't know dis-exploiting them it it seems like there needs to be some big 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 changes and i don't know what and i don't know how to go about it but it feels it feels bigger than Starbucks hours is what I'm saying. I think it's like Oh, this wasn't just Starbucks. This was a number of places. <laughs> but I feel like it's like how we think about the economy as a culture. Like it's You're saying not just not just coffee shops, but also Jamba Juice. Also Jamba Juice. <laughs> you say Jamba Juice? Mm-hmm. What is it? <laughs> I say is it, is it Jamba Juice? I say Jamba Juice, but oh, I Jamba love juice. I love Jamba Juice. I think mm. that's cuter. <laughs> that's that's what I go for in store titles. Is what's the cutest way to say 
Tampa. <laughs> McDonald's. <laughs> but anyway, I guess that is my checking in. Um, I here's mine. I had another show last night, another improv show, uh, this mixtape show that we're doing on Saturday nights. And it was really fun, really great, great show. Uh, very hard to pull an audience, even well, it's harder also to pull an Memorial audience Day on Memorial weekend. Day weekend. Um, but here's the thing. We've talked about this before on the show. Uh, the difficulty of the way this theater is being operated and how it is, I believe you were the one who introduced it. Well, right. Turnkey <laughs> versus latchkey. Yes. <laughs> that there's just a kid inside not letting anybody in. Uh, my parents aren't here. Um, but... You know, it, it was it was not what I would have, not the theater experience I would have chosen for people to have. But okay, that's the way they're doing it, and that's what I'm dealing with, and I need to adapt to that. And here, here's the thing about running a show, producing a show. Like I'm 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 producing this show now. I'm performing in it, but I'm also producing. And prior to this, I didn't have to do producing for 25 years right. because I was working in shows that other people produced and that got huge audiences and I never had right. to concern did, myself with that. Did you that. prefer that, I would guess? <laughs> I have mixed feelings. Just skating in and yeah. uh, getting a big old standing ovation and right, right. It was, heading out. It was a dream, but it's, it, here's the thing. I did the work to get to that point, you know, like, it's not like I yeah, just he, one day woke up and was like, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to do this thing. It was like, I worked my ass off for a number of years and got to the point where that was the case. Everything went away for a variety of reasons. Uh, now we're in this other situation. So I have to, I mean, and I'm very lucky. I have another a guy helping me produce all this stuff. Uh, Jamie Flam, no, um, no, this guy is, is taking care of a lot of the details, whatever, but we have to like, make sure there's going to be performers, make sure there's going to be a monologist, take care of comps for people, uh, you know, communicate with the theater, get, promote the show, get the event listings up every week, all that kind of stuff. And he's doing a great job and, and I'm incredibly grateful for that. Um, but one of the things is you know, when you are doing a show, as you know, as a member of a variety of sketch, dance, and improv troops over the years, there are certain things that need to happen inside the theater mm. when the show is going on. By which I mean, the lights have to come on. Mm -hmm. There needs to be music on while the audience files in, unless you make a specific choice not to have music on when the mm -hmm. audience files in. The house lights need to be on so people can see where they're supposed to sit. When the show is starting, the lights on stage need to go down. Then the house lights need to go down. Then the music needs to swell up. Somebody needs to introduce the show. You come out, you talk to the audience, 
Maybe the house lights come up while you're talking to the audience. You talk to them because you can see them. Then the house lights go down when the show itself actually starts. I mean, there's all this stuff. And then the, and then the intermission comes and the music comes on. And the lights come on. There's, there's, there's details. And I have a specific way I like those things done for the show I'm doing. The crew is very small at this theater. Again, it is cutting to the bone bare bones and i'm not saying these people are making a bundle of money but cutting to the bone to spend as little as possible on running a place like this but after the first couple of weeks i had talked things through with the tech person a number of times you know there there are always going to be bumps when you first start out there's going to be let's call them moguls, which is what uh, both are like ski bumps and also billionaires. So it seems like an appropriate okay. uh, term. Uh, but there's always going to be little moguls that you have to navigate during the course of, but you have this person who's there. And they and could learn as you learn. and Correct. You adopt a language and a... Right. We adopted Portuguese, which I did not <laughs> speak at the time, and I had to take a babble course. It was a challenge, but... Yeah, but Worth it. Uh, it. Buongiorno, as they say in Portuguese. (laughs) Uh, But uh, yeah, you get a, you make a, you you develop a relationship with the person who's working there, and you know that they know what they're doing, and you're comfortable. Because otherwise, it's very stressful. It's the stress of is everybody getting here on time? Is the house open yet? Is the music on in the house? Are the lights coming? But if you have that relationship with that person, that's all you know, taken care of. So after the first couple of weeks, I was like, this is great. This person knows what they're doing, whatever. Last night I went different to person, the theater. Well, I was going to make the same joke, but yes, yes. It was, a different, <laughs> it, was a different, it was a different person who not only didn't know anything. And, and, and again, I'm not blaming this person for this, but didn't know any of the stuff that I wanted. And also didn't really know the system, didn't know where the lights I needed were, didn't know how to turn them on, didn't all of those things needed to be figured out all over again. And the part that I was gonna say before you uh cut to the the punchline of the whole thing was I was driving over there, and as you know, I live by the uh, Hollywood Bowl, and it can be difficult to get out of my neighborhood sometimes. And what I realized as I was leaving was that I had not left myself enough time to feel comfortable as I was heading over there. I had to stop off and get some stuff on the way there, and I had to get there. And, you know, so that part, I'm driving over, I'm already stressed. On top of which, the guest monologist we had was a guy by the name of Ben Lee. I don't know if you know Ben Lee. Ben Lee is a very accomplished singer-songwriter, rock star. I have been a huge fan for 25 years of this guy, and somehow I got him to come and do this show. So that was adding to my level of like, I want this to be okay, I want it to go okay. I'm stressed out. I'm not getting there in time. I'm running late. I get to the theater. 
it gets sprung on me that, oh, by the way, there's a new person, doesn't know anything, doesn't, this, the setup of the theater is all different from how it's supposed to be. So it's like starting all over again. And, you know, I mean, I am a very, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm a very chill person. I do mm-hmm. not get I do not get stressed out about tiny things. I don't get upset when the littlest thing goes wrong. And you don't take it personal. I do not ever take anything personal. (laughs) (laughs) So, so it just was, it was a difficult, you know, little bit of a while. And, you know, this guy ultimately figured things out. And then you have to also shake it all off and perform. Correct. Which is a totally different set of muscles and a totally different set of stresses. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it was just a lot. It was a lot. And I had a conversation with somebody after the show. And and I will say, you know, of course I'm going to say this because not only am I very chill, I'm very full of how great I and the people I work with are. I am, and the people I work with are, we all, all of us are, were, were gr- good. <laughs> but uh, the show was great, you know? Oh, it was, good. It was really, really great. And my friend, when we were talking about all this afterwards, my friend said, this is somebody I've known forever, and was like, I know you well enough to know what was going on in your brain the entire time. But I also know that nobody in the audience saw that and you were great and the show was great and it was great. And that was very gratifying. And then my friend also said, this is producing. This is what it is. And it's Mm -hmm. a set of muscles that you're going to have to. That's why it's a job within itself. You're going to have to develop those. Like this is a good thing you're doing, but you're going to have to get used to dealing with that stuff. And, Mm -hmm. and, And he's absolutely right. And I also realized, I mean, as I was thinking through it, I even during the course of the evening uh, uh, last night in the middle of the fucking meltdown of like, oh, I don't know how to work those lights. And I don't know what part of the stage this is that I'm supposed to illuminate. Um, I was like, well, it's going to be fine. I was already like getting to. Oh, that's very zen. Handle that, that agita. You know, is, is that's the Portuguese word for bullshit. Um, <laughs> so it was it was tricky, but ultimately I was glad that we did it. Ben Lee was fantastic. He's just a great storyteller on top of everything else. And he's also oh, like, man. as he described himself, he said, I am a punk and a hippie. So he's like, he goes, I, I'm very spiritual but I love violence. <laughs> so <laughs> he just has a lot of interesting stories. One of the stories he was telling last night, he was talking about how early on in the whole cryptocurrency thing, mm-hmm. he got involved in a, in a, uh, like a message board that was all about this particular cryptocurrency of some sort. Oh boy. Sounds nightmarish. Well, on top of that, Eventually, he realized that this board was where a lot of the QAnon stuff started. So he started to realize that all of these people were just like upvoting each other to make themselves feel more comfortable and to make money off of people who didn't know what was going on and that they were 
QAnon adherence, you know? So like I said, he had some some interesting stories, but it was uh, it was a fun show. But I will say, by the end of the show, I was completely wiped out. I bet from yeah. just the stress of the whole thing. Totally, you know. So I will not be going back ever again <laughs> to performing. Perfect. I'm getting full time lesson learned. Yes. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, it's time for a segment on the show that we like to call Parting Shots. So let's start tonight with Amber. Um, I remember we were going to talk about this beforehand and we hadn't mm-hmm. brought it up. So I figured maybe this could be our joint Parting Shots. And oh, we've never done this. This is a big moment. A joint <laughs> Parting Shot. Oh, and I it's... wish we each could smoke a joint right now. That would be so <laughs> fucking cool. Um, but I saw this week, I happened upon Twitter and I saw, so you don't even look at Instagram. You don't see my Instagram stories, but somehow you just happen on Twitter. Yeah. I, okay. I was having this conversation with other people as much as Twitter is an absolute garbage fire. And Mm -hmm. ever since Elon took over, it's worse. Right. I think it's still my favorite social media, but I don't like normally just go and like read everything in my feed. Mm -hmm. It's more like I use it when, if I'm watching the survivor finale and something interesting happens, I look at hashtag survivor. Yeah. And I like to see other people's takes or like Mm -hmm. jokes on something. Um, and anyway, I had it open and I saw that you, sir, Yes, madam. Yes. And it was so interesting because you didn't use any hashtags. So there there was a world where I wouldn't have known even what you were talking about. Here, I will read. You have much to eat. I will read the tweet in question Mm -hmm. because I want. um, So you you tweeted the absurdity of Lala and James Kennedy aggressively seizing the moral high ground versus Sandoval is like rabbits being furious at horses for eating carrots. That is a Vanderpump Rules tweet. And my jaw dropped because um, (laughs) I have been very um, interested in Scandoval going on the last couple months. as a lot of people have, I still don't know if it was just is a great marketing campaign because because it is working like gangbusters. That was like a dying franchise. And now it's um, the talk of the town so much so that Sean Conroy is tweeting about it. And okay. um, For context for people who don't watch Bravo shows or, or reality. Right. There's a whole lot of context that has to be given. Yes. Well, um, I will give them minimal context and we could expand upon that, but Mm -hmm. I'll just, the context of what Vanderpump rules even is. So in Bravo, they have a lot of real housewives franchises, real housewives. Various cities where there are legitimate housewives have their own reality show. Yes. There's real housewives of Orange County, real housewives of New York, real housewives of Beverly Hills. Um, Real housewives of Beverly Hills had a cast member at one point, Lisa Vanderpump. Vanderpump. What did I say? No, I'm agreeing with you. Oh, God. (laughs) Um, 
And she spawned a spin-off reality show called Vanderpump Rules because she owns multiple restaurants in West Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And it like followed the sexy, dumb people who worked at her restaurants. Waiters and waitresses. Yes. And bartenders. Um, and they but they're all like also models and also actors. So they're all incredibly good looking. Um, like um comically so sometimes like you know when someone's so good looking that they're almost unattractive again you're like you don't look like a person (laughs) well and i would i would add to that and i don't think this is necessarily true on vanderpump rules no i I think it is uh uh particularly of lisa vanderpump but a couple of the women as well where there's just all kinds of plumping and weird chemical stuff going on the men too, my love. The uh, men too. <laughs> no, 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 I don't think so. Uh, but they just look weird. They yes. look strange. They're like plasticky. Like alien um, creatures. Well, this show has been on, I want to say, like 11 years or yeah. something insane. And um, it has been not the most popular show on Bravo. It's been sort of in decline. And then Scandaval happened. Mm. <laughs> And Scandal, oh my God, we needed like an episode of just me talking about this. But <laughs> so um, it takes so much. So everyone on the show is basically kind of a garbagey person. Kind and of. By which you mean so. people they're, who are just alcoholics who sleep with everybody and, and cheat on each other. And don't care and about anybody's yeah. feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And are all just focused on themselves, looking for attention yeah, all yeah, the time. Yeah. And I would argue that probably the least garbagey person on the show is a woman named Ariana. And I, I, I don't say that she is free from sin herself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's crazy that we're talking about this. Yeah. Um, she has been dating a man named Tam, Tom Sandoval um, for nine years. They own a house. They, they live together. Like, yeah. And because of her non-garbage Enos has sort of shaded um and and obstructed Tom Sandoval's garbage Enos, where she she seemed sort of legitimate, so therefore he seemed sort of legitimate. Right. And they except been for his haircut, which makes him immediately seem <laughs> shady. <laughs> They've been dating nine years. There it oh my god, this it truly could be hours that I talk mm-hmm. about this. But um there was another couple on the show, James Kennedy and Raquel. They recently got engaged and recently broke up. The last season. They had they had uh uh Raquella or whatever whatever it was called. Rachella. Rachella, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> anyway. Point is, it came to light this winter, as this season was already airing, that Tom Sandoval and Raquel had been sleeping together for the past seven months. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the during the filming, even though they're not talking about that. And so there was an immediate emergency. All of the cameramen went back out to everyone's houses and they did because they had finished filming. They had like a season finale, but they did a second season finale of kind of where are they now? All of this to be said is the reunions are really where it's at because we want to see how people feel. 
who knew what, when, how, where. The reunions, there's going to be a three-part reunion. The reunions just started airing this past week. Was the first of the three parts of the three-part reunion. Correct. And John Conroy tweeted, obviously talking about the Vanderpump Rules reunion. And it, I think I said it to you. I was like, I can't even imagine a show that seems less what you're into. Mm -hmm. And so for A, to know that you're watching it was shocking. But B, for you to like casually tweet about it as though you are in the fandom have been in the fandom and everyone knows you're in the fandom it was all very like we need to talk about this and so you said let's talk about it on the show so, so to express such familiarity <laughs> with it yes right? yeah yeah like i know i, I was, also my joke was em- right you know your joke was totally right yeah but also to not be embarrassed like i could see like a, a universe where you're like yeah i've watched gender pump rules but i don't really I don't like want to publicly announce that I've watched. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me what's going well, on. I, 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 <laughs> as you know, I'm a reality show addict. Um, uh-huh. No, no, of course I don't. No, I just, it just so happens that I have a friend of, of recent acquaintance. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Who loves the show, mm-hmm. though knows that it is garbage and that they are mm-hmm. garbage people. That's the point. You watch it because they are garbage. You're not and, watching it to like find a hero. <laughs> it's the opposite that, of a superhero movie. And that became a thing that we would do every week. That is cute. And I was like, okay, I will. You know, I hated every minute of it, but... You know, when you're you observed it, yeah, when you're sitting there watching it, it's like it's hard to not. And I and I did in some ways get obsessed with some things, you know. Um, I would like to know what well, because we, we, you know, there's that whole watch what happens live thing. <laughs> I think wild. Andy Cohen is the, a Bravo I think I Andy Cohen is the worst interviewer I've ever seen. Like, okay. I just think he is. A lot of people are going to come for you, so like, watch out. <laughs> Hold on to your butt. <laughs> I don't care because I just find it so funny that he literally never either listens to what people's responses are or asks a follow up question. Mm-hmm. He just has cards and he reads the questions and then he's on to the next <laughs> thing. And he doesn't care what their answer is. Um, and that bothers me because. The you had whole some follow-up point, questions. Well, the whole point of interviewing people is to – it's like when Jamie would tell stories and we would dig into what was interesting about it, you know? Right. You don't just go, okay, fine, next question. What's mm-hmm. the temperature outside? Mm-hmm. What day was the uh, was the last time you changed your socks? Okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, like uh, – so anyway, I did watch the reunion and – it it really bothered me like because yes this guy is a piece of shit but <laughs> he's been a piece of shit the whole time they've been together he cheated on her very early in their relationship <laughs> miami girl <laughs> miami girl 
was well, but she accepted that because they weren't totally together then, uh-huh. and whatever, whatever. But the the reason I wrote that tweet was because those two people were so excited to just go after this guy when neither of them is a paragon of virtue, you know? And I mean, here's the other thing. Have you watched, this is how deep in I've gotten is, have you watched the Randall scandal on Hulu? No, I refuse to watch the Randall scandal because guess what? No scandal there. We knew who Randall was the minute we met him. But to me, that show is more interesting (laughs) because that show is about a part of Hollywood that people don't Ah. totally understand. And that is very real and very exploitative of lots of people, you Uh know? Um, And that guy is just just a total piece of shit too i mean they're all just pieces of shit you know? know um but but anyway it it i i wasn't taking anybody's side on the show but it did bug me that a couple of the people who are just as bad as everybody else were like how dare you do this how could you you're a yeah. and the one the dude was just like storming out every five seconds <laughs> And then so he was funny. panicking about his cards, like, oh, my cards, my cards. How am I supposed to my cards? Like, he can't, he doesn't have any other way to ask questions except by reading them <laughs> off his cards. Like, he's, he's literally not paying attention. He just has cards with words on them, you know? Um, There's, I watch it on loop so much. I had to tell all of my coworkers about it because I just was like, I need to express this to someone and none of them watch Bravo shows. Mm-hmm. But in the trailer, there's um, a moment where Raquel is like, I acted a little selfish. And then Ariana's like, that's one way to say it. It's also like diabolical, demonic, subhuman. And everyone like reacts. And then James just goes, poo-poo head. But you both poo-poo heads. <laughs> it makes me laugh every single time because it's so hard. Like even just now, I couldn't do it. How do you say poo-poo head with a straight face? <laughs> like, well, and anyway. again, that's and then, that's and another... then Andy Andy just goes James. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was really funny. Too. Well, and that's that's the other thing is that, and I know this is the whole reality thing. Uh-huh. As well, and I just have never watched reality TV, so I'm not mm-hmm. used to how these people behave. But watching James Kennedy and and Lala and all of them to a certain degree, but both of them just being about this is going to be how I'm going to get attention, and I'm going to mm-hmm. get because Ariana, as we know, is now going to be on Dancing with the Stars, mm-hmm. and she's got yeah, this think, is very profitable. For her. And, yeah, yeah, she's going to be in a Lifetime original, like Christmas right. Movie and this is what everybody wants out of this shit. And so they're all trying so hard to stand out from the crowd. And James, make merch. is yeah. somebody who strikes me as a guy who is just constantly trying so hard to make an impression on people, you know, and it's working because we're talking about him and I joined his fan club. (laughs) Anyway, I can't, um, I'm excited to watch the next two reunions. The, at some point we should go to the sandwich shop in Beverly Hills. I don't think it's open yet, but absolutely. Yeah. There's something Something, about her. Something about her. (laughs) 
that was one of the funniest parts of the season to me because I hadn't really been watching Vanderpump. I'm going to be honest. I came back because of Scandal. Um, I think that's. I think that's really. It's the same thing. Yeah, Yeah, it's the same thing that I. That's the only reason I'm watching it is because somebody was like, I started watching it again because of this other thing. You know, but um, it's just it 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 truly sounded like a joke, like a punchline when they were like, "My one dream in life, what I've always wanted to do was open a sandwich shop." Which is like great if that's your dream. These people have been on a reality show for ten years, and I have never heard them talk about sandwich shops before i didn't even know about that it felt like so out of love very bizarre but like i bet it's great sandwiches like and as a former deli counterman myself (laughs) i look forward to evaluating the cut of their meats and the taste of their sandwiches well and it's funny to me when they went into the place and and i i get it but they were like Oh, it looks great. It's so it's it's just one, and it's, four blank walls. Yeah, yeah, four blank walls. And and the person I was watching the show with was like, no, 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 they're just saying that it's a good space and they're gonna do all sorts of things with it. And I was like, but then why are they making it sound like it's the most amazing thing they've ever seen? You also know? the fact that they um I might be a traitor to my people and my kind. Um, but it was funny to say to have the angle of making like feminist sandwiches. <laughs> the fact that there there weren't enough women in the sandwich space, which might be true, but it just all of it. I mean, I don't even I don't even know that there is a sandwich space. You know? <laughs> and anyway. when there is, a lot of it is taken up by you know various uh, modes of transportation, like sub subs and blimpy blimps. You know, like <laughs> none of it is none of it is people. Um, when weeks ago, when I went and saw a drag show for my friend's birthday in West Hollywood, mm-hmm. afterwards we walked to Sir because we were in walking distance. We had to make a like a travel to Mecca situation. That place is crazy. Yeah. Well, we went to Schwartz and Sandy's over on uh, Franklin. Oh, how was it? Not good. Not good. <laughs> Not at all good. Very unpleasant. Unmemorable. Uh, there's really, something about it. <laughs> really didn't care for it. Not interested in going back. Also, fun fact, I don't know if you knew this. Hmm. This is wild because this is like worlds combining times a million. I got really excited when I found this out, but there was so few people that knew both sets of information. But you do. So the first time Ariana was ever spotted in public after Sandoval was um, broke is she did a show at UCB called Make That Sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I didn't know that, but that is too fucking perfect. I know. And it's also like, first of all, who is the person involved with this show at UCB called Make That Sandwich that is also Lindsay Ames. <laughs> somehow involved with Ariana, you know? <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> small world. The improv yeah. world is a small world. Well, Ariana came from sketch comedy. That was her dream when she first joined the show. I do remember hearing about that, yes. <laughs> Was she? I transferred to a sandwich shop. Was she in? 
uh, you know what? We should get a T-shirt <laughs> made and send it to her that just says "squeeze." <clears throat> Love to Joe. Uh, all right, folks. This has been the long shot. It is a podcast. Check out the Vanderpump Rules reunion <laughs> this week, and be ready to discuss. Uh, we'll see you next time. Oh, oh, and like and subscribe. Hit the bell. Do the write comments. We'll yeah. read them clearly. Yeah, we, we you know we're, we're very much enjoying it. Uh, okay, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. bank and we will go into the florist but there will be nothing to take because everyone came here before us and nobody made me a deal a wreck or a child or a traitor although i've been willing to steal well i've been caught every time but that once yeah i've been caught every time but that once and oh, the ghost was only in my dreams It isn't in my closet And you won't go searching with me Because I have already lost it And when it goes into my bed And out of the window before you Well, I will be laughing and then Well, I'm probably gonna start to explore Yeah, I'm probably gonna start to explore